Yo, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, it's the Great Debate Show, Jarvis Jeffries, that's me, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely, we are, you will be looking at this video as you're listening, you will be looking at this video, most of you on social media networks from X or Twitter, I should say, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. This is a visual look. This is a Zoom. We'll be all in studio on Saturday. This is the Great Debate Show. Available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button so you will be notified each and every time a new episode is up. And speaking of up, I'm up, baby. Damn it, I'm up. And I'm litty today. As you can hear the beautiful tunes of the San Francisco Anthem. Why am I playing that? Because we just beat the brakes off the Dallas Cowboys like it was nothing. We beat them like they didn't even belong on that football field with us. You know I'm about to have fun with this shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All week long we heard this was going to be the biggest game of the week. It's the Super Bowl. It's the this, it's the that. Are they the best teams in the NFC? Blah, 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 blah. And all we got was the same thing I've been telling you all for the past two, three years. Dak is holding the Cowboys back. There it is. There it is. And the Dallas Cowboys were destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium on Sunday Night Football. And I loved every bit of it, every moment of it. I didn't know how that game was going to go. I was afraid to win the game, to be honest with you, because I'm afraid that they would let us lose in January. Yes, I said let, because I don't believe this is all real. That's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is if it is not real, and if this is a script, I hope we are the team holding the trophy up still at the end of that script. But, I mean, all I'm saying is that in the end, I want to win the whole thing, and I do not want Dallas to end our season. I've had the luxury. I've had the, it's been so great to say that we've ended the Cowboys season for the past two seasons. The problem is we didn't get the chip out of it. I think this is the year. I think this is it. We will get the Super Bowl championship. I said last week, Brock Purdy, I'm convinced. I didn't want to speak too soon because of Kaepernick, Garoppolo, Alex Smith, the times that I've been so disappointed thinking that I had a franchise quarterback. I think we finally fucking got it. Don't you know in the Bay Area, they're not even calling it October anymore. It's Brocktober. It is such a delight to have a franchise quarterback that just knows how to win and get the job done. And outplay and overrated, way overhyped, talked about too damn much, given too much money, flaw, oh my God, mediocre, sometimes trash, Dak Prescott. He's already showed you that he's better than him. And on this episode, we will put some respect on Brock Purdy's name, and we are going to debate if he is a MVP candidate. Is he a top five? quarterback in this league. I said it. Brandon Ayuk, 
He's not emerging anymore. He's arrived. I've said that before. Christian McCaffrey, he is the MVP. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. This is like Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. And if we trade for Patrick Sertan, that's prime. That's Dion. It feels like 1990 motherfucking four. All over again. Damn. I think this is it. And I just wanted to say how proud I am of my 49ers. I know I'm critical. I know sometimes some people think I'm overcritical. Well, in the great words, in the words of the great Anita Baker, I apologize. I'm sorry. And I'm so, so, so glad that this, I now know, this is it. Bang, bang. Niner gang. I don't even have to talk about the, the game, how it went, the X's, the O's. You watched it. You saw it. We dragged their asses. You know, for the past few days, they've been saying that we should be on ID Discovery. Investigation Discovery, because it was a murder on Sunday night. I don't have to say anything else. Bang, bang, Niner gang. This is it. The ironic part of that last part is that it was a murder is that the Cowboys were actually the ones showing up in all black. They were. Mary, that's all job. That's never good. That's that, that never yeah. good. I'm when you do that. That's what they get. That's what they get. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, I, I'll go ahead and, answer, and try to answer your first question. I think, I think that I heard it there, which was, uh, should we really consider Brock Purdy an MVP candidate? I think the answer is yes. I think what probably hurts his case more than anything is that he's not the only MVP candidate on his own team. Um, because the guy that he's turning around handing the ball off to, I, I personally believe, deserves more consideration than what he's getting to this point. And that's Christian McCaffrey. Um, guys having an excellent season so far. Uh, I think he's either leading the league or second in the league touchdowns to uh, somebody we'll discuss later, which is uh, De Devin Ashan, I believe is how we say his name, the running back for Miami. Um, but if, it, if anything's hurting his case, it's, it's just like I said, the simple fact that he's got uh, another candidate right there in, in, in the same backfield with him. So, um, But that being said, at this point, the guy's played, what, 14 regular season games, 13 regular season games, and he hasn't lost one. Um, he's only lost one in the playoffs to a team, you know, in the NFC Championship uh, to my Eagles, who, like I said, were, were essentially the best team in the league for most of the year last year, uh, and, and right on that path again this year. And, and doesn't look like you know the 49ers should really be challenged um, before they do play the Eagles uh, a little later in the season. So, um, guys having a great year. I mean, you want to call him the, the new Tom Brady with the fact that he, he was the same he was. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant, and now he's, you know, he looks like a like a legit franchise quarterback. Um, obviously, the, you know, if you're going to try to stack him up against the other quarterbacks in the league, the thing that really hurts him in, in that discussion is the fact that he plays in Kyle Shanahan's system. And so, it, you know, there's still the question of, well, if he wasn't in his system, would he look like this guy? And it's kind of the same thing that Patrick Mahomes get um, playing with Andy Reid's system, but with the with the success that he's had and the way that he does things, obviously he's answered a lot of those questions. And that hey, you know, you can give Andy Reid certainly deserves his credit, but Mahomes is it's him. Um Brock Purdy, we don't quite know that he that he's that level of guy yet. But I think it's safe to say that he he's certainly a guy that uh probably after the season is gonna be in the market for a nice new deal. Um, you know, he, he, if if Daniel Jones can get forty million a year, Brock Purdy needs to get some money, man. <laughs> 
the beauty of that is that we don't have to give them any money yet. Hey, That's what's so great about it. When, when somebody called with Foster's name in front of Scar, don't speak that name in my prison. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and what's crazy is that's not even Dan, that's not even Charlie Dan Jones' fault. His offensive line is, is straight. Um, but even when they when they do play well, he doesn't. So whatever. Yeah, I um, I I think the problem here, and as far as as far as MVP, I don't even think he is the second best player or the second most deserving player because I want to show some love to Fred Warner. Uh, the 49ers, even without Warner, are a better team than the Cowboys. But I think Fred Warner, his ability to literally be everywhere at one time, makes them unbeatable to the Cowboys to the point to where they could concede at the beginning of the game. I knew from the first drive of the game uh, that the Cowboys were just overmatched, overwhelmed, over everything when it came to um, doing anything with that 49ers defense. The only sign of, of, of resistance they showed was when they spread the receivers out and put the speed on the field, uh, and they just didn't do enough of that. Now, I know that uh, I think Turpin got hurt, um, but they just don't have a person there to beat, uh, to beat the Florida Mountains. It's just, it's just that simple. <laughs> now, Dak could still come out and make better decisions, but I think Dak Prescott is scared. I, really do, I think he is flat scared of those guys in red. What it looked like. I think he was scared. He was scared at the beginning of the game. He was scared at the middle of the game, and he was doggone sure scared at the end of the game when they were down so much to the point to where he had to pass the ball. Uh, that's hard to overcome. The Cowboys' best chance is somebody else, hopefully beating the 49ers in the playoffs. Uh, but I and, and I and I'll say this: Listen, that 49ers team right now, we, we what we are seeing with the, from the 49ers is a team that could have been doing this last year or the year before that, uh, but they unfortunately always had injuries. And that team is right now is completely healthy. But I don't know, are they the most dominant team in the league, but they're probably the healthiest. And that means a whole lot, right? And, and, I, and listen, for their sake, I hope it stays that way. They deserve to have a, non, a non-injury a uh, play season because they had so many of them. So I, I, I'm not a 49ers fan by any stretch, but I am rooting for them to stay healthy because, you know, I don't want it to be a situation where Pittsburgh had those uh, killer bees from years ago, and I, I still forget the other receiver's name, but none of those guys ever played in a, in a playoff game at the same time. Le'Veon Bell, Tony Brown, and I forget the guy. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. He kept getting suspended for drugs, and, and I think it was weed, but, um, but anyway... They never I remember correctly, he might have had a little, something a little more than drugs going on, too. I think he might have had a uh, domestic violence or something, you know. And something like that. He, just, he, could, he could never be, he was just never dead. Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't want it to be a situation where we're saying, what if? You know, what if this person doesn't get hurt this time or that person? Like, I, I want to see the 49ers at full strength because they deserve it. They had some injury with the season. And right now we're seeing that manifesting. And, and we're also seeing on the other side of the ball, we're seeing... We're seeing a paper team. Uh, the Cowboys are a paper team, right? When everything goes right, they're the best defense of all time, and Michael Parsons is this, and uh, the only person I felt bad for in that game was C.D. Lamb because his quarterback was not throwing the ball. Yeah, and he complained about that, too. He I saw did. an article about that earlier. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
He definitely wants the ball more. But hey, I will hop back on your first point there as well, Terry. I posted this on my on my page, my Facebook page, earlier today. Fred Warner is so far and away the best linebacker in the league. It's not even funny. Like it, it doesn't even make sense. Dude, six three, two thirty five. He runs. Got to be with the sub four four forty, and his brain works even faster. I mean, a couple of plays I saw him make. I saw him uh, on the. I think it was uh, in late in the third quarter or something like that. Uh, I saw him prevent Dak Prescott from from throwing a ball downfield, and then make, the dude is, is something that we. I mean, like a linebacker that can that can just as well rush the passer or, or stop the run. That can also cover a slot receiver or a tight end forty yards down the field. Like it just doesn't make sense. No. Um, yeah, but he might be the best coverage linebacker I've ever seen. That might be a bit much. Uh, I'll come back just, to that. Just about, I'm not talking about pure linebacker now. I'm just, just coverage. I mean, I'll come back to that. I'm thinking back to a Derek Brooks, who, who the, uh, the Tampa saying, defense was basically kind of started because of. Um, I'm thinking of a. But it was, I, I would say Derek Brooks or maybe Brian Erlacher, but neither one of them were better all around yeah, linebackers than. That was another I was going to mention, Brian Erlacher. Uh, he, I mean, just, just from a talent perspective, he's worth the conversation. I mean, the dude is, is something else, man. And yeah. and the crazy thing about it is Drake Greenlaw ain't that far behind him. Yeah. I mean, everybody everybody's behind him. As but I said Drake, earlier, as I said in the opening, back or tandem again on our. I mean, and another, another five, six years of this, we're going to have to make sure we got that guy's jacket size. That's right. I agree. I agree. I don't see why that wouldn't happen if he stays healthy. Um, if but he yeah. stays healthy, we're going to need his gold jacket size for sure. Right. Uh, so, I, I think I think Purdy, yeah, definitely is a uh, MVP candidate. So is Fred Warner. I agree with Terrence. I agree with Nick. So is CMC. Uh, Kittle had a hell of a game. He needed that, though. He hadn't done anything much this season as far as st- statistics go. He does everything on the field that doesn't really, you know, um, he doesn't get credit for it. doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but it definitely shows up on the film. No blocking for him on Sunday night, so it was just good for the Niners to get that win and to get it the way they got it. You know, uh, that, it felt good. And it definitely, it was a statement. At least I hope it was. Now, the Niners can sometimes still play down to their competition. Um, Cleveland's no pushover to begin with. But after doing what they did to Dallas, they could definitely go into Cleveland and, you know, kind of let their guards down. We hope not. I hope not. We'll see. Uh, but honestly, I guess we'll get to that later in the show, Nick. 49ers-Eagles. We'll talk about who is going to have their first loss, if either, as we uh, look at their remaining schedule. And, yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting to talk about because I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there's a few trap games maybe here and there, but if we just stay on our P's and Q's, I'm telling you, I don't really see a lot of losses. I don't really know who can beat us at this point. And that's not that's not bragging at all. That's just from what I see and from what it looks like they're going to display for us, this is it. I think this is really 1994 again. And, uh, yeah, it feels good. I hope it happens. I really do. I don't want to just, you know, go too far and talk too much. I just wanted to say it on this episode. I won't say it again. But this is the right feeling. I haven't had this feeling, like, since 1994. And that's the reason why I think this is it. Remember what I said when I made the 49er Dolphin prediction, and we're going to move on. I said, guys, audience, remember when I said that the last time the 49ers won, it was Super Bowl 29. 
and Super Bowl 29 was 29 years ago. This could be it. This could be it. Uh, the McCaffrey Shanahan thing is already in place as it was in '94. That I, I shouldn't have to say anything else. If anybody you know remembers back to then, if not, look it up. You'll know what I mean. Christian McCaffrey's dad played for Kyle Shanahan's dad. Here we go again. They were successful. I think this is going to end up in the same thing. That hardwood, baby. Let's get that six. All right. Guys, we've got so, so much more to talk about. Game, after this game, do we still consider Dallas the third best team in the NFC? Um, you know what? That's a good debate. And then we need to get into that after we talk about Terrence's uh, Ravens against the Steelers and that botch that I predicted would happen. We will talk about that because the Detroit Lions may have something to say about that. Like, move over, Dallas. We're number three. That's a sneaky, dangerous team. And that offense is very, very tricky to stop. So, yeah, we're going to come back to that. Terrence, you you, you have a, a, a Baltimore Ravens team that has lost two games this season early that they probably shouldn't have. Well, they shouldn't have lost either. We've talked about this for years now on the Great Debate Show. They're still doing the same shit. New OC, OBJ was back. What the hell happened? Uh, look, man, it's, just, it's their identity. It's who they are. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad because, you know, I came up in an era where, hey, if you, if you, uh, uh, if the Ravens went into the fourth quarter with a one point lead, that game was over. You know, they were, the, that defense used to essentially be the Mariano Rivera of, of football. Uh, if, if you went in with a three point lead, you know, it was pretty much over. If you went in there with a 10 point lead or, you know, a two position lead of any kind, it was definitely over. Calling the reserves, the rep. Those days are over. Yeah. Uh, those days are over, and now we are we are dependent on the offense, and the offense it's goofy. You know, it's like I text you guys, it's goofy. You know, we're having this conversation because pro receivers drop touchdowns, and not just touchdowns, like wide open touchdowns. You know, Nick, you know, you know about Aguilar, you know what he does. Uh. Unfortunately, but I'm 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 disappointed in, in and I'm not disappointed in Aguilar because we know Aguilar he drops big plays. That's what he does. Right, you really shouldn't be disappointed. Uh, it should be what you expected. That's what you you knew that when you paid for it, but that's what you get. Right, uh, but I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in Bateman. I'm disappointed in uh, Andrews for sure, who dropped an easy touchdown, and just one of those wins the game. One of those that we're having a totally different discussion. And, you know, you just can't give Pittsburgh opportunities because at some point they're going to make a play on your quarterback. They're going to force a fumble. They're going to get a pick. And, you know, Kenny Pickett is not a good quarterback, but, uh, you know, I, I could live the rest of my life and never hear Pickett to Pickett again. I, I told y'all this last year. I don't want to hear it. Um, it's just me. It's something about that team racist. Kind of does. Something yeah. about Pickett to Pickett. Yeah, it just feels racist for some reason. It's just me. It's about racist. It's just lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and then all of a sudden, pick it to pick it. Announcers like lazy stuff. Pick it to pick it. Ooh, ah, look what I did. You didn't do anything. The names are just similar. You didn't do anything. So, nah, but yeah, they're just goofy. They're a goofy team. They can't close that game. They cost me 2,000 bucks last year because they couldn't close out a 21-point lead against Miami in the fourth quarter. That's who they are. 
Yeah. That damn, that wouldn't have been and my was, team I, had it been a little bit more change. Listen, <laughs> if they go into the fourth quarter with a with a lead, I I don't hold my breath, man. I, I'm just waiting for the inevitable because it's who they become. Right. Yeah, I ain't really got much to add. I mean, you know, from what I saw, it was, it was just a lot of, a lot of drop passes, man. I mean, apparently they were practicing with a rugby ball pregame um, with some of, even some of the commentators and, you know, some of the former players uh, that, that work in the media now were commenting on, like, what, what the hell is this about? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, and clearly it didn't help. Uh, as you said, we saw, of course, they had a, a ridiculous number of drops. I think it was eight drops officially, but... Um, you know, and four of them were in the end zone, but certainly more that, that probably could have been caught balls that are, aren't necessarily recorded as drops. But um, it, was a, it was a really bad look for the Ravens uh, Ravens skill players. You know, the offensive line had a decent game. The defense, of course, you know, they, they got to feel like, you know, anytime you hold a team to, I think the Steelers end up winning with, what, 17 points? Um, anytime they hold a team to 17 or less, I mean, that, that's something that's been kind of a football mantra, um, you know, the whole ever since I played. You old team seventeen or less, you expect to win most of those games, um, and that's that's what the Ravens did. And unfortunately, they uh, they were not able to come out with a W because, uh, like I said, the guys around Lamar and Lamar Jackson's taking a lot of heat, and I think most of it's very much undeserved. Um, because again, I mean, you can't throw the ball and go catch it. I, I, I mean, I, I saw a cut up on some of those drops today, and I'm just looking at it like this is just this yeah, is and, bananas. Yeah, and even more so like that the game when they played by Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has one player that can beat us downfield. One player. While while we in a cover one, or maybe in a cover zero, I didn't see a safety back there. Right? Why? Does, does make 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 Pickett have to beat you with a throw? Right. But don't just give him don't just give him a lob opportunity with Pickens. Like I can make that throw. Did Did you hear about how they got to that play? Mm-mm. I don't even I know if I need, but, but go ahead. Yeah, they've got a they've got an audible built in, so they they looked up and saw that it was man coverage, and the, the audible is Randy, as in Randy Moss. They call Randy, they know okay, it's going up, and that's what happened. I know. Like yeah, it was like, yeah, was like yeah, once I saw old man to man, I knew I was running past him. Yeah, that's all they have. You know, and Marlon Humphrey is good. He's a good corner, but. Those figures is dangerous, man. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Even with a bad quarterback or a mediocre quarterback, whatever the hell you want to call Kenny Pickens, he still can make plays, and he'll still do it, hell, week to week. To be honest with you, even if they don't do anything else, he'll make a play. With a better quarterback, that guy would be amazing. Yes. Yes. And um, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah. I thought I was going to see Mitchell Trubisky at one point. I'm like, damn, I'm going to get this one wrong. I just knew the Steelers were going to win this game. I left and oh, Mitch. pick and pick and still wins the game. Yeah, I thought I thought they were going to have to go to Mitch. Like, this is looking – I don't want to be around to see this, you know. Oh, um, Mitch. Mitch got in the game. We had to have William Jones on with us tonight. Man, man. So, anyway, I don't have much to say. Taylor, you said enough. You said a mouthful. Uh, yeah, you know it's your team and uh, – yeah, man, uh, I'm disappointed in them because I think I have Baltimore-Miami AFC Championship, and nah, sometimes, they're, they're, I mean, they're just so inconsistent. I know what they can be, but they're just so inconsistent, and uh, again, John Harbaugh, why is he coaching? Uh, but again, so I don't want to just stay too long on this, but 
everyone agrees, or you two agree, that this is just the Ravens just being a goofy team. Nobody, nobody thinks that the Ravens paid Lamar Jackson, and they shouldn't have. Do they regret that, or this is just all just everybody else? If we're ever gonna have that conversation after after this, after this game, it's not the time to have it. I got you. We'll come back to that later, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, guys. So look. There's more games. There were more games in the Mac- the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Jets, Broncos. We don't want to take a lot of time on it, but we all said that the Jets were going to win that game. They did so. Sean Payton was asked a question. Hey, do you regret saying the shit that you said <laughs> a few months ago? And he was like, but I, 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 I cleaned that up the next day. We're, we're done with that. We don't have to talk about that. I did this. I did that. Okay. But we know the answer to that. And it was a pretty much that reporter was saying, hi, hi, that's what you get. And uh, we knew it was going to happen. Now the thing is, the Denver Broncos, there are reports that they could very well possibly blow the team up after this 1-4 start. The Jets, they're going to go for Kirk Cousins. They may not. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is playing a little bit better. Who cares? But the Jets got the win. We're happy. Yay. Heck, it got the dub. My thing is this. Randy Gregory was traded to the 49ers just several days ago. There's people like Jerry Judy on the trade block. Patrick Sertan on the trade block. I know Nick hopes that the Eagles will make that that, that call and try to go get him because their secondary definitely could use the hip. It would make them better. The Niners, they don't have to have him, but if they did, they would be dominant. In my opinion, that would really shift everything as far as the one knock that I think we have still in the trenches, even though we did very well. We did okay against Dallas in the trenches. We just flat out beat them and out coached them, and the quarterback outplayed the other quarterback. But I was still impressed that Purdy stayed clean for the most part, and he knows how to move when he has to move. My thing is, though, is that if Sertan was a Niner, in my opinion, it's a wrap for the NFC, for the league. And um, I just want to ask you guys, if the Broncos are about to blow this up, what does this say about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? And uh, where can some of these players go that would actually benefit them? The guys that I named, like a Sertan, a Judy, or whatever. Let's start with the AFC guy, Terrence. Uh, if you're going to be doing a fire sale, let's just go on and get uh, Russell Wilson to the Jets. Interesting. No, I don't. I don't see that. That's a that's a that's a huge contract to pick up though with Aaron Rodgers. They probably wouldn't try that unless Aaron Rodgers is not committed to coming back, which I doubt. Then again, not only that, you got you you still got a couple of years left for that Russell Wilson contract. Whereas you know, as the other one that's been rumored that the Jets may go after, which is Kirk Cousin, uh, this is the last. He's got no, no guaranteed money left on his deal after this year. You expect Aaron Rodgers back maybe by the end of this season, if not, you know, based on what he's saying. Yeah. If not, certainly for next year. Um, so, you know, obviously you're not going to try to foster a Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers quarterback competition. Um, and so, uh, you know, I like with Kirk, with Kirk being there or Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers quarterback competition. And since obviously you can let Kirk walk after the, uh, after this season, he would make more sense, I think, in that spot than Russell Wilson would. Tell yeah, us, why does that happen? Uh, but I'm just, just throwing it out there. Hey, look. 
whatever they thought they had, they don't have. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, that, that team is not good. I don't know. I don't even think they get a first round pick because I think they probably traded them all for Russ for the next couple of years. <laughs> uh, so I think they may have to move the player. They already moved Randy Gregory. Sertain is probably going to be on that list. Jerry Judy is going to be on that list. Uh, I, listen, get rid of it all. Start fresh next year. Uh, draft your quarterback in the second, third round if you have to. Maybe Russ compete for the job. But, uh, yeah, to me, it's some, some kind of aura around that team. If my Ravens are goofy, the Broncos are just, like, clumsy. And they're just not a good team. But it's, it's not fun to watch them. Because, you know, I, I like Russ. Like, I, I like to see Russ do well. Um, and it pains me a little bit to see him over in Denver looking very uh, mediocre. <laughs> very middle of the pack of, of quarterbacks in the league. He's looking very Hannah And uh yeah, I, I but but that being said, I think it's time to um, start moving some people. And you know, if Satane gets them the most most bang for the book, they'll get a lot a lot of return for Satane, so it it might be that time. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say something that people might find a little bit unhinged. I said it earlier also on my Facebook Facebook today. Time for Russell Wilson to focus on being an outstanding husband and father. He seems to be pretty good at those things. Um, and he's not that good at being an important Say what? Go kiss some babies. Yeah, go kiss the babies. Run, run for governor of Colorado. Not, not, not Colorado. They don't really like you that much there no more. Go try to run for it in maybe Wisconsin or something. Uh, they liked you in college. North Carolina, you know, North Carolina or something. You make it, make it do some things there. Mm. Uh, but I, I, it's crazy it may sound to say, I mean, because not as if he, he's taking a... It, it, that's, what, that's the thing that's really weird about Russ. It doesn't appear that he's taking some significant physical step backwards. It's just like he's just not good at being quarterback anymore. Um, and, you know, maybe it's the, the system or the situation that he's in. Maybe, uh, you know, his time with the Seahawks made him look better than what he actually was. Uh, it's so funny. I, I ran across the status of my uh, memory from about three or four years ago where I was like, I'll fight with anybody that's trying to tell me Russell Wilson ain't top five. And now that that status looks like a joke. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, for a guy that, that a lot of us, I think, cheered for a little earlier on, although some um, less than less than great things have come out about him from his teammates uh, here in the last really year or so, but certainly even recently, uh, Marshawn Lynch's comments, I don't know if you guys saw those. Um yeah, it may be getting close for him time to hang it up. I didn't hear the comments. Can I share it real quick? Apparently, uh, there was a situation. Uh, Marshawn was trying to get in touch with him, and so uh, he called their player personnel guy to get Russ's number to call him. And instead, uh, you know, the guy didn't give uh, Marshall, Marshawn Lynch Russ's number. Russ called him from a block, you know, blocked his number and called him. And so, of course, Marshawn didn't answer. And then the player personnel guy was like, hey, did Russ call you? He's like, no, nah, he ain't calling me. He's like, has anybody called you? Like, I got a call from a block number. Yeah, that was Russ. Like, what kind of teammate is like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let my other teammate have my phone number. Like, who the hell do you think you are, Bruce Wayne? Nigga, like, what's going on here? You know, so um, I, I, I'm i not going to go too far into this, but I, I, I think that's the thing that irritates a lot of guys when it comes to the Russ discussion. Guys don't dislike him 
because he's a great husband and father. And we're like, that's that's not why. It's because he's an asshole. Like that, that's not these kind of stories that are coming out are not shocking information to me. It's it's a it was a feeling that I obviously couldn't confirm because I'm not in their locker rooms. Um, but these stories coming out do not surprise me to the extent that they may surprise others. Yeah. Um, hey, look, I, I have a thing, man, and I, I, I stand by this. It has got me through life so far. The louder people yell Jesus, the less I, at least I trust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I think. I think. I think that. I heard, family, let's ride. I, heard these, <laughs> I heard these things about Russell Wilson years ago when he was a hell, when he was going against my team a lot and I just wanted to beat him so bad, uh, so much in Seattle when he was in Seattle. Richard Sherman, uh, Earl Thomas, they've said some things. And now Marshawn coming out with my Mar- what was his name? Marcus Bennett. Uh man, they said some things, man. Uh, when they were in Seattle, they don't like him. They didn't really like him, and it seems like even toward the end, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson didn't like each other anymore. But again, and yeah, that is some fuckboy shit, honestly. But that's neither here nor there. Football terms. I have to stop you, Nick, when you said what you said about Russell. Um, you know, I like. I understand it may be time for something different or time to hang it up, but he's not playing bad football. I mean, outside of the offensive line is not fixed like Sean Payton said it was. It's not that good. I don't think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are good receivers. I just don't. And, uh, you know, as soon as they get the running game going again, somebody gets injured. I think the offense has not even been the problem in Denver. It's been the defense. It's been terrible. So, you know, like, it's easy to just pile on, on Russell. To, to but be clear. He hadn't really been be a clear. Yeah, Russ is not alone in in his blame for what in the blame for what's going on with that team right. by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. I, I'm I'm not saying that he is the big problem, and if they, you got another quarterback in that was better, that suddenly Denver would be a contender. I'm not saying that by any stretch. They they are bad. Okay, uh, really a lot of way around. My, the only pushback on what you're saying there is I think I think Jerry Judy and, and Colton Sutton actually are pretty good. I think Colton Sutton is a good number two. I think Jerry Judy could be a one a one a. I don't think he could be a, a true number one, but he could be a one A. I was actually thinking earlier when we were talking about their potential fire sale. There's a team that he could go to that that only has a, not only has a former teammate of his that could be the number one. Um, they also need a number two that can stay healthy and be consistent on the field, and they'll be able to compete. For, they may be may help their chances and compete for a title. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, maybe. They traded off a receiver they probably should have kept in Amari Cooper. Um, I think he'd be a good fit for Dallas. Or he could be a good fit playing next to Amari Cooper in Cleveland. But, yeah. yeah that can, that's, that's, what, that's what I thought he was about to say. Yeah. But, hey, who knows? We'll see. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I they're really about. I wrong about that. He was, C.D. Lamb wasn't in there. C.D. Lamb played at Oklahoma. Yeah, he's Oklahoma. That's right. That's right. Oklahoma. Yeah, my bad. I, yeah. Alabama had a bunch of receivers come out. CeeDee Lamb wasn't one of them. The colors fucked no, me up. He was not. Okay, so anyway, though, we just wanted to just, you know, touch on that. The Broncos looking pretty bad, and they're going to blow this thing up. And that's what it looks like. And if they're going to blow it up, I wish they would blow Patrick Sertan to the Bay Area's way. That would be nice. Uh, but anyway, I'm not being greedy. Randy Gregory on the other side, that's going to be nice. He didn't play Sunday night. We didn't need him. But he will be in Cleveland. Uh, come Sunday, not sure if he's suiting up or not. 
But uh, he reported to the Niners on Monday. We'll see. We'll see. It should be good, though. We'll, this this should I be early. He, he's playing this week. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, I saw, I saw on early. I think Jeff Durst might have made it tweeted, but he's playing this week. Good deal. I think I would think so. And um, in other news, because I don't want to hang my hat too long on you know everything on every game. Uh, I think again. Look, I was right about the Jags upsetting the Bills. I was right about the Steelers upsetting the Ravens. Listen to me sometime, people. I say unhinged things on this show. Some people say I should be drug tested at times. But, hey, who's feeling the drug I test this it. week? Yeah, who's uh, feeling the drug uh, test this week? To piggyback on that, I think the Buffalo Bills had 20, what, 24 rush yards in the game. And that's hey, that's the key. If you stop the run, they go, a, they, they go back to they're who they they go back to who they were. They can't get the tough yard, uh, and they're not going to beat teams in the playoffs. No, they they are not. If but again, they've been running the ball pretty well so far. Jaguars stopped that. That's how they got the win. That helped. Now I'm not saying other teams. Twenty nine rush yards as a team. Fourteen carries, twenty nine yards, two point one yards per rush. Right. I'm not saying other teams won't, you know, get the job done, but it was them. They did a good job. Got to give them credit for that. The Bills have been pretty balanced, surprisingly to me, but not in London, and that's was that was the difference there. Uh, C.D. Lamb, as we were speaking of a minute ago, he's frustrated with the offense, and uh, Mike McCarthy had a conversation with the wide receiver over lack of touches. That was reported from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And, um, hey, look, there's always going to be talks when you get your ass whooped, you know, there's going to be something said. Somebody's going to point fingers somewhere. He could have gotten 10, 11 catches if they weren't in the end zone, if they didn't put them in the right situation and right field position. And if they didn't turn the ball over as much, we, we could be talking about something, but that's not the case. They didn't do anything well other than one pass in the corner of the end zone from Dak to whoever the hell it was. They didn't do anything else. Good. Now, they did block okay. Dak didn't. He wasn't under a lot of duress. I can't even say the pressure really got to him. As far as the other side of the ball, I can't say that we, you know, kept Parsons and, you know, well, blocking-wise we did as far as how we ran at him. But as far as pass rush, I can't say we dominated or kept those guys at check. We just did certain things better than them. And uh, so, C.D. Lamb, he's talking about getting the ball more. I'm sure that'll happen. Look out for him on your fantasy or whatever. Your props, because we just heard Jamar Chase complain, and look what he did on Sunday. They got their win. They bounced back, beat the Cardinals. Three touchdowns for Chase, three touchdowns for George Kittle. Bang, bang. What a day that would have been if we had to put them on our parlays. Uh, we've already talked about the uh, Brock Purdy and MVP candidate, but I'll ask you guys this. When it comes down to who is him, who is that guy? From this past week, you had people like the Miami Dolphins running back, uh, Devon Achani. Uh, the guy, actually, he's got an injury, too, right now, where he's going to miss multiple games. But he had another hell of a week. You had Brock Purdy, who had a hell of a week. DJ Moore, y'all know what he did on Thursday night. Jamar Chase, three touchdowns. I don't know why Kittle's not on that list, because he had three. And then there's Zach Moss. He had himself a day two also against the Titans. So, guys, out of those people, Zach Moss. Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, George Kittle, Brock Purdy, Devon Anche, I think I'm saying that right. I hope I am. Or Connie. Who had the better day? Who is him in week five of the NFL? Mm. They got it to go first on that one. 
I'm gonna give it to Jamar Chase because he because he called a shot. Because because after the game last week, he's like, I'm I'm always fucking open is what he said. Yeah. And so this week he, he came out and showed it. So I'm I'm gonna give the nod to Jamar Chase. Um, if if it wasn't for that, I probably would have gone DJ Moore because he was just a, an absolute monster. Um, in a spot where where Chicago definitely needed on Thursday night. Um, that being said, and I have to mention, that being said, I think the Bengals obviously have a lot more to play for this season. Um, and this was, you know, definitely a critical, critical time for them to keep it that way. And uh, Jamar Chase showed up, and he was he was definitely that guy uh, on Sunday. Yeah, speaking of uh, DJ Moore, there's no Justin, Justin this weekend. It's going to be two in a row for the Bears. Um, can we name somebody that's not on that list? Yeah. Please do. Yeah. I am going to show some love to Mac Crosby. Uh, in that Monday night game, he they couldn't stop him from getting to the quarterback. I mean, they they couldn't hold him in a phone booth. That guy, they tried to double team him, triple team him. I saw one time he literally came all the way across the formation <laughs> to the other side and got pressure on the quarterback. Like he was a man possessed. Uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, uh, what's that guy? He's like from Minnesota, Allen. Jared, Jared Allen. Allen. I had a Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Just has a motor. You know, he yeah. might not be the most skilled pass rusher in the league, but yep. he's got a motor. He's all game long from the first place to the last place. He's in your quarterback face. And yep. uh, the pressure he put on on Jordan Love and the Packers really was the biggest difference in the game. Honestly, they just couldn't do anything with him. Yeah, because the offense still didn't quite do enough, but Josh Jacobs finally got it going a little bit. We're talking about Monday Night Football, yeah. Raiders 17, Packers 13. They got the win. Uh, congrats to the Raiders. Once again, two teams finished two and three, as I also predicted. Uh, but, guys, Terrence just said something about Justin Jefferson. He is going to injury reserve with a hamstring injury that he suffered in week five. That's according to NFL Network. And uh, Minnesota is another team that could blow some things up. If there's anybody worth trading, Cousins could be one of them. Jefferson could have been one. Had it not been for this, he still very well could be. We'll see. Um, He's but, not going anywhere. Okay, maybe not. But yeah. what are the Vikings going to do? Like, he doesn't even have a quarterback right now. He's not going to have one next year, I mean. So, I don't know what they're going to do. All right, guys. So, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, I, hold on. Did it, did we finish? Did we finish that topic? Um, no, they're I didn't gonna, say They're going to pair him with Caleb Williams or whatever one of the top quarterbacks they can get. I'm sorry. Andrew I forgot. Sanders. Yeah, I forgot to say that mine is going to be my pick. Who is him? Of course, I'm going with my quarterback. Four touchdowns against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, a defense that I was told is the best in the league. Hell, I'm not going to lie. For a minute, I thought it was the best in the league and um, destroyed them, destroyed them, carved them up. So, yeah, uh, yeah, give me Brock Purdy. It's Brocktober. It's Brocktober. Uh, all right, so now my question to you guys is <sighs> – 34 to nothing, the Saints beat the New England Patriots. That was another beatdown. Nick, I know he has some gloating to do about Derek Carr. But to me, the biggest part of this segment, look at him smiling. To me, the biggest question, to me, the biggest part, the biggest thing of this segment would be, what does Bill Belichick's future look like as a Patriot head coach? I said early on, before the season started, this is going to be Belichick's last year more than likely. I'm looking to be... Smarter and smarter by the week if they keep doing this. I mean, in the past two weeks. In the past two weeks, the Patriots have a total of three points. And they have been beaten 
like what was it, thirty-four nothing and thirty-eight to three, I believe. That's correct. They have taken the that's like seventy worst losses of the Bill Belichick's head coaching career in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, back-to-back weeks. Like seventy-two to three in two weeks. This is the worst that he's ever looked. Uh, zero playoff wins since winning the Super Bowl. Again, he uh, is one in four. It's the team's worst record through five games since the year two thousand. Guys, real quick, and I know we got to keep it going. Let's start with the AFC guy first, Terrence. Is, is this it for Bill Belichick? Yeah, listen, you gotta you gotta ask the question if Belichick is even gonna make it through the season. If this was any other coach, yeah, he's earned it. Don't get me wrong, but if this was any other coach, we'd be asking the question: Should he be fired? Now, I think he should. His feet should be hotter just based on the fact of how arrogant he was with the offense last season. And he completely stunned the growth of Mac Jones. Now you got a lambda quarterback out there who we know he won't be there next year. Uh, and who's calling the players again? Uh, Is it Matt Patricia? Who? Is it Matt Patricia? No, 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 no. Uh, no. Oh, man, that that's that other garbage coach. I can't even think of his name. O'Brien? You, O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, yes. Bill O'Brien? Yeah. Right, okay. He brought Bill O'Brien back. That's right. That's Not going right. to help. Not going to help. Uh, the fact that this guy brought in a, a failed defensive uh, coordinator turned head coach and made him his offensive coordinator, it's just it's terrible, man. Look, I love Bill, his legacy, what he did. He made me a lot of money beating those coach teams uh, in the 2000s. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to the top coaches in any sport, Belichick name has to come up. The play gate aside, uh, spy gate aside, I think everybody was doing those things. I'm not going to hold it against him totally. Um, but at the, at the time with the Patriots, it just come to an end. And this, you know what? Everything comes to an end, right? Like, nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. This is over. You can put it in the ground, dump some dirt on it. That's it. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, obviously being who he is, he's going to get the respect of at least being able to finish the season. And, um, you know, they will mutually agree to part ways or he will take a front office consulting position or whatever the case is. Um, but his coaching career as, as, the, as the Patriots head coach ends after week 18, I think, in my opinion, this year. Uh, you know, obviously they're not, they don't look like they're going to be a playoff team. I don't expect them to make any kind of noise um, in the AFC or even in their division in the AFC East. And uh, like I said, after week 18, you know, Bill can walk. He can walk into retirement if you like. He can walk into the front office and they'll give him some sort of consulting role, I'm sure. Um, or if he if he's stubborn enough to think that he still wants to be a head coach, uh, you know, obviously there'll be some jobs open as there are every year. And certainly being the, you know, arguably the greatest head coach in the history of American team sports, somebody will be, somebody will be willing to kick the tires on that. I'll tell you what he's going to do. He is going to follow in his predecessor's footsteps. Okay, who is his predecessor? Bill Parcells? He's going to coach the Cowboys? Yeah. That would be something. I, I, never, I, think... I never got my Patriots and Cowboys Super Bowl like I wanted. This would be the closest thing to it. Well, I think... Bill Belichick goes, Bill Belichick goes to the Cowboys and finally takes them back to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be nuts? 
Yeah, that would piss me off. yeah, it, it would. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> do you really? But do you do you really think Jerry Jones would allow a a, 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 a man yeah, like no, Bill? Absolutely not. There's way too much ego involved. That's too much ego in one room. Yeah. yeah. The only way that happens is if Jerry Jones and I hate to sound crass about this, but unless he dies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's too much ego in one room for me. I don't think it'll happen. But I will say this: there's only two things I think can happen with Bill Belichick. The way this ends, he can either one go back to cheating again, or two, <laughs> or two, he could uh, just hang this shit up because if he thinks he's going to catch Don Shula, he's crazy. I know that's what he's trying to do, but at this at this rate that he's going. He has to be around for at least another five, six, seven seasons to catch Don Shula, which he's like 89 games behind. They're not looking like they're going to win 10 games a season anytime soon. Uh, I'm sorry. So, and I hope I got that number right. But, yeah, he's a good bit away from that. I, I, thought, I thought he was a good bit closer than that, actually. Okay, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But if he is, that's the only reason why he's hanging around. He's not putting together good teams. And I heard Stephen A. say, on yesterday, which I kind of agree with. Well, I don't agree with it because I think it's time for him to just go. I don't think he should coach anymore either just because he's just not getting with the times. He's not adjusting anymore. He used to adjust, but he's not adapting anymore. And you either adapt or perish. And I think that Robert Kraft is ready to get move on with him. And, you know, my whole thing is Stephen A. said that Bill Belichick should, I mean, Robert Kraft should go to Belichick and let him know you no longer have general manager duties. He's stripping him from the GM duties, and you are allowed to still coach the team. If you don't accept that, it's time that we, you know, mutually agree to part ways. Uh, you know, that's it for you if you don't want to do that. I don't think it should stay as a head coach either, though. If he doesn't get this thing turned around quick, it's not looking like it. Uh, he hadn't brought in a good quarterback yet. He has he got lucky with Brady, let's be honest. His record is like 72 and 79 without Tom Brady. That's not good. So I did I catch up on the on the on the gap between him and Shula. Shula has the regular season record for wins at 328. Um Belichick is right behind him at 299. Belichick holds the record for postseason wins. Uh, with 31 all-time wins, Shula leads 347 to Bill Belichick's 330. Hmm. Oh, that is closer than so that. He needs, he needs 17 total wins to pass him in, in total. Uh, and, what, 29 in the regular season for just regular season wins. That's a lot of wins, though. That's still a lot of wins That's right now. Lot, and especially at the rate that, it, that these pages are going, he has to be there another five, six years at least. That's and gotta, I don't, he didn't have that left at, in New England. Um, so if he went to Dallas, maybe, you know, they, they could run up 10 wins a season for a couple of years and get him there. He would have to go somewhere yeah, else to get that to get that record. But who really wants? I mean, I'm just the way we go, the way the NFL starts to go so young and fresh and innovative on offense and defenses now these days, especially out on the offensive side of the ball, guys. Who really is desperate enough or that bad off to where they need to bring in the second oldest coach in the league who hasn't you know, shown that he's competent enough to win games anymore? I've always been so stubborn. Why don't defensive coaches bring in great offensive minds and just leave the offense alone? Help with the game plan and leave it alone. Well, that's another – yeah, that's – 
that's a good point you make, Terrence, and that's another reason why it's time to move on from Belichick. There's no Charlie Weiss there anymore who was scouting people and said, hey, you should get that guy right there. He's a good player. He can do this in a slot, yada, yada, yada. There's no Romeo Crunel who did a lot of scouting saying, hey, draft that guy. He's going to get off the edge, or he's going to, you know, like read the zone coverages, and that linebacker's going to do this. Belichick is doing terrible at drafting, and he's running all of that. That's why it's time to either stop that or just stop, period, and go. I think if he went somewhere else, he definitely would just be a head coach. That would be his best chance if somebody said, hey, take it or leave it. You're a head coach only. <laughs> we got a general manager, bro. You know, we'll we'll do the shopping. Because he's been shopping, and everything in his basket is rotten. By the time he gets it to the, to the counter, to the register, it's rotten groceries. It's time to hang that shit up, throw that bag away. Wouldn't it be funny if he went to a team that, like, hired Lewis Reddick? Uh, you know, ready to play for Belichick, and he'd be his, he would essentially be uh, Belichick's boss. And, yeah, yeah, and Belichick would still be calling the shots. That would be funny. That's another thing that would that would absolutely never happen, I don't think. Uh, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, in other news, I, I do think Belichick's it's time. I'm putting up with that, and, and Lewis Riddick ain't either. I wouldn't think so. I would hope not anyway. Uh, in other news, though, uh, we have already talked about the Rams uh, trading Van Jefferson to the Atlanta Falcons. Judy could be next. The Jets may trade McCole Hartman. He was a healthy scratch in week five. And uh, that's pretty much it as far as what has happened, what can happen. Um, oh, there was some beef with Kittle. He had the Fuck Dallas t-shirt. Michael Parsons went straight to his podcast and talked like he always does, talk, 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 talk. And he said that, okay, if you want to take it personal, we can do that if we meet up again. And um, now there's a little war of words. The Niners on the record hadn't said a thing before the beatdown. They do have the right to say something after the beatdown, I would say. But Debo even got in and also said this was a warning for the Cowboys. Uh, well, he didn't say that. ESPN said that. But Debo's comments were... Might be a little bit worse than we five route in San Francisco if you don't shut your mouth. So, man, these guys are going at it. I don't know if the Cowboys will be in the postseason the way they look that night and the way it could look because Trey, I mean, not Trey, but Dak. <laughs> it's funny I said Trey. We may see him at some point. Cooper Rush first, I'm sure. But I don't know how much longer Dak's going to be on the center if he keeps stinking it up like this. He's been single-handedly called out. A few times now, he was bad. He said he knew he had to be better. He said he left a bad taste in his mouth and he couldn't wait to get back to San Fran. He did, and he didn't do shit. Guys, I don't know why Cowboy fans continue to think that it's their year when they're still letting Dak hold them back. Um, I, I just thank y'all at 49ers, by the way. I do want to thank y'all because Dak said we the no, not that. I, I, I wish that had been the case. But no, I went against Justin Fields and DJ Moore in fantasy. My ass was before I even got on the field. Yeah, it was, it was over with. Right. Um, what I want to thank y'all, thank y'all for, is Dak said before the season that he wasn't going to throw 10 interceptions this season. And going into this game, he only had one interception on the season. He now has four. So he was very much on track. Just like that. To throw 10 So. But who knows? Appreciate y'all for the night. Good, good. Who knows? You're welcome, but who knows? He may go another three, four games without throwing one. I don't know, but that wasn't a good look. But, again, he did play. three or four games until he plays the, plays the Eagles, and then he can have another three in if he likes. That, that's exactly how it could go. 
That's exactly how it would go. They'll pile up off of just a, a few games, but that's all it takes. He does look scared, as Terrence was saying, though, when he's seeing those those boys in red. He definitely does. Um, yeah. I hadn't heard anybody say anything about we them boys anymore. It's been a while since I've heard that. I bet you nobody's saying we you them know, boys I, this I week. I think this is the first time in, in my lifetime that I can remember that, like, the Cowboys period was literally taken on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. So what do you think the like, next week? The fans are... Their fans are quiet like church on Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. These guys, they're not talking, they're talking anymore. Oh, no. No, they are not. Uh, so, we're going we're gonna to keep it moving. We don't have a whole lot more to talk about. I will say this. Um, the Niners, the rest of their schedule, because the question I'm going to ask next is who could go undefeated here or who will go the longest before they have their first loss, the Niners or the Eagles, since they are still the only two unbeaten teams in the league. Um, and it would be crazy. All three of us should be undefeated. Terrence, you dropped two games, your team, your Ravens. We all should be the only three undefeated drop? teams here. Did you say drop? Dropped the game. They, they dropped. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, pun in, no, pun in, no pun intended. No pun intended. I did say drop. My apologies. Uh, here's the Niners. There's the rest of the Niners' schedule. They've already beaten, you know, the Steelers, the Rams, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys. Uh, and that was the best win out of the whole year. That was the, you know, and that, that this is a beautiful season, guys. Week one, we destroyed Pittsburgh. And just this past Sunday night, we destroyed the Cowboys. Couldn't go any better if you're a Niner. I mean, honestly, we got to destroy them both. And the Dallas Cowboys, well, that was really bad, and it felt even better. Because I don't really hate the Steelers. You know, uh, we don't really hate each other. One thing the Steelers always tell us, they say, we, 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 we fuck with y'all. Y'all all right. Y'all the Cowboy killers. And that's exactly what we are. Uh, all right. So, look, the Niners schedule at Cleveland Sunday, then at Minnesota. They host the Bengals, and then that's a week nine bye. Then week 10, they go to Jacksonville. They host Tampa Bay. They go to Seattle. At Philly, we, that's week 15, which I don't know if they're losing anything before that Philly game. They, they host Seattle. They go to Arizona. Week 16, they host Baltimore. They go to the Commanders, and then they close out the season hosting the Rams. And I know that is a division game, and it was tough the first time we played them in L.A., out of those games, guys, who 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 will beat the 49ers? I know we're not going 17-0. I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just asking you all from looking at their schedule. I mean, if everybody stays healthy, how it, it doesn't look like we're gonna lose anytime soon. Maybe the bingo game could be a trap there. It looks like they're starting to get it back, but they played the Cardinals. Let's not get out of hand. Uh, guys, Nick, we'll start with you. You're the NFC guy. I'm sure you'll find a few losses in here, just, just you know, just for good measure. At least one. Yeah. Uh, who, who, where, where are we gonna lose it here? Well, I, I will say you, you guys, is, in my opinion, your first opportunity really to get beat um, comes a week after our first opportunity to get beat. I feel like um, <laughs> we've got the Dolphins uh, next weekend on the on the twenty second. Uh -huh. um, you guys play the Bengals on the 29th. I think that Bengals game is the first chance where y'all y'all are really going to run into a team that uh, may be in a position to, to kind of knock you off. Uh, the Bengals, you know, as you mentioned, they, they really got back on track, I felt like, uh, on Sunday. Put up 34 points against the Cardinals team that, in truth, hasn't been great this year, but has been better than a lot of people expected and obviously had the, the big surprising win over the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and so I think, you know, you know, at the end of the day, you're playing another NFL team. And I think it was good for the Bengals just to just almost like if, we, if you uh, analogize to like a shooter in basketball, they just needed to see one go in. You know, they need to see one game where it's like, hey, things are clicking and things feel the way that, you know, we're used to them feeling and used to them rolling. And uh, that could definitely be a springboard for them to really look like the team that we expected uh, from the beginning. And so I would say that's definitely you guys' first first best opportunity at a loss. Um, the next one, I mean, you know, you got another division game there with the Seahawks on November 23rd. Um, but I would probably guess guess more uh, the game following that, which is against my Eagles. Uh, 325 in Philly on December the 3rd. Outside of that, Can't I mean, wait. yeah, you got you to get some respect to other division games. Uh, another game with the Seahawks. Another game with the Cardinals. And another game to finish the season with the Rams. But, again, you know, just looking at, at it objectively, uh, 49ers are definitely better than all of those teams. Maybe the Ravens can resurge at some point. Um, hate to say it, uh, looking sorry, Terrence. It doesn't look like y'all really got much um, in there. Looks like they'll probably drop a number of uh, number of games this year as well. Hmm. So um, I'm looking at a 49ers team that at worst looks like 15 and two. An honest man. An honest well, man. There's a problem in there somewhere. Let's solve it, Terrence. <laughs> uh, by all accounts, the 49ers should be undefeated along with the Eagles when they play. Uh, the Eagles might have issues with the Dolphins, of course. Uh, anybody will have issues with the Dolphins. The problem is, Jarvis, you know this, it just looks too easy. There you go. Right? Like, you, you guys remember that, I think it was the, the first Ninja Turtles movie where Raphael was like, this is a little too easy. Hmm. Uh, this just looks too easy, which which is why the Browns might beat them this week. Mm. Ooh, the Browns yeah. are tough. Keep in mind, be I, I, I will. That defense is tougher than advertised. I will say this: defense is ridiculous. Miles Garrett, Deshaun Watson may not play though. Deshaun Watson may not play. There's no there's no confirmation on it yet. What is wrong with him, by the way? He's got a shoulder injury. And uh, Stefanski is not committing to him playing on Sunday yet. Not saying that he could be holding him out till what? ninety minutes before you know kickoff. Hey, he's playing. You know, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. we'll see. If he plays, though, yeah, if, 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 you could definitely be if right. If he plays, they're going to be a tough out. Miles Garrett is a tough guy to block. It could be the first time that we see Brock Purdy. I don't want to have a bad game, but have have some struggle because it, it I think it would it would literally be on Brock Purdy to come out and actually win the game. Right. Like I think a lot of games I'm not saying I'm not this is not me saying anything bad about Purdy at all. But I do think he's been having the keys to a very, very fast course. Um and all he's That's gotta do one. is start the ignition and put it in the auto drive. Yeah. Not a bad thing to do because a lot of a lot of quarterbacks have been handed these situations and they goof it up. He has not goofed it up. As a matter of fact, he has made the Porsche exponentially better. Uh, but this might be, this is going to be, this could be one of those games where he's got to come out and drive the Porsche. And he's got to drive it well. It's a very murky condition. Fog, rain, wind. Uh, I'm not saying he's not capable, but I'm just saying we'll see uh, if, if Deshaun Watson plays. Gotcha. Okay. That definitely that's, could happen. That's an interesting take. Um, Browns could, Browns could be an issue. That's an interesting take. That, that defense has been something serious. Miles Garrett, 
as there's another guy that's just that's been out of his mind. We saw highlights of him a couple of weeks ago doing crossover moves, walking up to the line and getting chased by two guys. Right, ripping shirts left and right. I mean, I've, I've never seen a situation where where it seems as if a uh, an offense is playing man to man coverage on a defensive lineman, sending two guys across the field with them. When you, when, you know, when you're doing that, when when a defensive end is getting the Calvin Johnson in the in the red zone treatment, uh, you're you're playing on a different level than everybody else. So that that could present an issue. Um, we have seen what happens to Brock Purdy when uh, that offensive line can't block for him, um, courtesy of my Eagles, of course, in the NFC Championship game. And uh, if you can't block Miles Gear, we may get a repeat of that. So that's a that's a solid point by Terrence. Very well can happen. With Miles Garrett is even if you stick him on the side over there with uh, Trent, uh, Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Yeah, you got Darius Smith on the other side, and, and he's a nightmare as well. well. It sounds like it could be tough then if they have a in the pass rushers. We'll see. That's a tough fight for the quarterback. Yeah, we'll see. It's a road game. They're coming off of a, a emotional high, a big high buzz yeah. right now that they're buzzing, coming off this big Cowboy win. It definitely could happen. I'm going to say, and this is my Gematria theory, Brock Purdy is 11-0 in the regular season. Thanks to that ass whooping that he gave the Cowboys, um, the bingo game it will be after thirteen games. So if they beat Cleveland and they beat, um, damn, who the hell did I say they had after uh, Minnesota? If they beat Cleveland and Minnesota, the that'll be thirteen and zero for Brock Purdy. There's this crazy thing about streaks ending at seven, as I've said before, and also thirteen is a big number. I think after he gets those two wins, that's 13-0 for him, he could lose that next game. That would be the bingo game. It makes sense. The Bengals also beat us a few years ago. I mean, we beat the Bengals in Cincinnati a few years ago, 2021, I believe. They could get their lick back. I could see it. Uh, They could start. They could really be hot and rolling by then. We're sometimes a little stiff and come out slow at home. That's a home game. We're pretty good on the road, though. Um, I'm not saying we can't lose to the Browns, but I think what's going to hurt that is that they may not have a quarterback. It may be Jacoby Brissett, and at some point, they may make some plays on defense, but we're going to make more if they don't have Deshaun. I'm going to say the Bengals could be the first team to do that. He's not bad. No, he's not, but I mean, nah, man, get for real. He, 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 he can come in and manage a game well enough and, and you know make, make a few necessary plays and not make the plays to kill him, not, not make the turnovers that kill him. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on that. That's that's the more I think about it, that's a more interesting pick um, that Terrence made. Than the, my only reservation on it is obviously, of course, they're without Nick Chubb for the rest of the year with that uh, with that torn ACL. Um, right. But the Brown, I, did the Browns have a bye this week? Yes, they did. They did. Yeah, that's good. That sounded much more interesting. The more I think about it, yeah, they're coming off a bye. They are, no doubt about it. Um, you know, again, line on that game. Now I'm curious. Yeah, you're right. You probably shouldn't sleep on it, but I'm sorry. Um, I am snoring. I'm in a deep sleep. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Not this week. Again, I'm looking at the numbers. If realistically, you guys are on to something. They could definitely upset my Niners, and if they do, it's okay. But what I'm saying is, Purdy went seven and zero last year. If he wins two more games, <clears throat> they're seven and zero this year. And that's, that's that 13 straight wins for him, and that's what it's going to end, I think. That'll be the bingo game. Although, realistically, man, 
as Terrence said, they shouldn't lose until Philly, but we know that's not going to be the case. Cleveland could be it, but I think Cincinnati will be more surprising because they don't have a stacked defense right now. They haven't been playing too good. They've been playing kind of poor. So you would expect the Browns to probably upset us before the Bengals maybe. That's why I think it'll be the Bengals. If it happens, I'm hoping that we don't lose, but then again, I don't care. I don't want to be one of those teams that goes 17-0 and then end up like the 07 Patriots or lose the first playoff game. Don't want any of that. So if we're going to lose, yeah, let's get it out of our system at some point here. We'll see. Uh, the Dolphins, as as much as I would like to say that they're going to beat the Eagles, I still think the Eagles could be in pretty good shape also up until they run up against us. I would say, if anything, this week against the Jets, that would be the one that you should probably watch out for because Zach is getting a little better week by week, and that defense is good. I mean, it's good. And there were times where the Eagles struggled against the Rams, as I said they would. They make plays when they have to make them, though. Not, I'm not trying to you know start anything with your, with your nick on that. But that'll be an interesting game. Is it in Philly or is it in New York? That's, that's in New York. Just as y'all told me, I would say watch out for that one. I'm not saying they're, they're going to win. They're, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to lose, but watch out for it. I don't think no, the Jets... I'm, I'm, I'm less worried about that one at this point. Um, I th- I, and I, I'm kind of leaning in the camp that we'll get through these next two, uh, both the Jets and the, and the Dolphins. Uh, we got the Commanders after that. Uh, and then we, then we got the Cowboys on a Sunday afternoon game on November the 5th. Our bye week is right after that Cowboys game, which I'm very glad of because then we got a run of the Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, and then we go to the Cowboys. Uh, so those four games in a row, I think, I think in there is probably what we see our first loss against, against one of those teams, uh, the Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, or potentially the Cowboys on the back end of that, of that four-game run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three or four losses. Three or four losses, maybe. You may get two out of those, too. Nah, that's a bit much. I, I think it most people lose two of them. I just said you'll probably get two out of those four, but you could lose three out of that four. I'm not sure. Nah. Uh, the Chiefs are they're, they're, they're a different team this year. Uh, they could still beat you all, but it wouldn't be for the same reason how they beat you in the Super Bowl. The defense is better than the offense this year. So I don't I don't know. But just when you got my home. See, see, here's my thing with the Chiefs, right, especially when it comes to us, is that and, I, and I, I'm not trying to put too, too much on – on this portion of it, but part of the big complaint that the Eagles had in the Super Bowl was that the field surface kept them from being able to pass rush in the way that they're used to. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that as an excuse for the Super Bowl. What I am saying is that coming into this game, if that's not going to be an issue, then we can see you know what the effects of that could be on the Chiefs, particularly since they don't have any real pass catching threats other than Travis Kelsey. Obviously, uh, they, they don't have anything to anything that that would really pose a threat or scare the Eagles. And so um, with that being said, that would give us the opportunity to get uh, very creative with our coverages and with our pressures on Patrick Mahomes. Um, the Chiefs actually of that of that stretch are probably the team I'm second least worried about. Um, probably second to the you know the Cowboys I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not worried about. Uh, I would think the Bills of the 49ers out of that stretch I would be more worried about uh, beating us. Um, obviously the 49ers are probably the top of that list and then the Bills right behind them. Um, in terms of saying I would be most worried about beating us in that in that four game stretch. Okay, hey, y'all got a good. Those are some good games y'all got coming up, though. I can't wait to see all of those for real. Yeah. 
no well, matter yeah, how you. It'll be fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Jalen's always very chill, though. No matter what, regardless, he's always chilled. Um, this like they do, man. This team, this this team is still not. They still don't quite look like they did in 2022. However, they're still finding ways to win. That's remarkable. That says a lot, and that says if they can still improve then they're still one of the most dangerous teams in the league. And that's the debate, Niners or Eagles. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys, I don't think, are in the top three right now. If this was just a power ranking that we were doing, I would slide the Detroit Lions to number three because they are good. They're 4-1. and one. They are the real deal. I picked them to win the North. And um, their offense is tricky to stop. And I would say that if there was any team that could come in your your stadium wild card weekend, although you may have to go to their stadium, the Detroit Lions can beat you. And it's not so much of they got to be in that dome, stay warm, and ch- they'll go beat your ass in the cold too. We saw that last year, the way they finished out in Lambeau. We saw how they went into KC and got a win on the road. The, the Lions are probably like this and the Dallas Cowboys. If, I know everybody can't see me, but we have the video up. It'll be on Facebook all the social media, I'm saying that I think that the Detroit Lions is slightly better than the Dallas Cowboys as of now because the defense is not bad and the offense is pretty damn good. So watch out for the Lions. And, uh, yeah, that's a team that can make some noise in the NFC playoffs. And, you know, just watch out for them. Be careful. That's all I can say. Be careful. You know how it is in the jungle. Is there any other team that, that, you, would, that you would think belongs in the class or in that conversation for the, for the third spot? Um, obviously, I think we all agree San Francisco and Philly are in a class by themselves in the NFC. Uh, and then we're looking at Detroit and Dallas. Um, do we want to give any consideration to Seattle or to Atlanta or to a Tampa Bay? No, I would say New Orleans. I hate to give you credit, but yeah, shit, your damn Saints have, they, they, the defense is still good, as we've been saying. And Derek Carr has not looked bad. Got to give you credit, man. I would have to say the Saints would be number if you wanted to make a statement. Uh, if you wanted to make an argument for them to be number three, I wouldn't argue with you because, damn it, thirty-four nothing shootout. They just spanked somebody else a few weeks ago in Carolina, I believe. I mean, like, say what you want to say about the about the uh, the opponents that they played, but they've been dominating them as they should. And I yeah, man, when you've got defense and Kamara is now back. Michael Thomas is starting to get more active. Yeah, I would say the Saints would be another team that I would say before Seattle because as good as Seattle is offensively, they're still not where they would like to be defensively yet. They do they have speed, yes, but they're young and um, inexperienced. Best uh, cornerback duo in the league. I'm not really seeing that though. I mean, like, well. I'm not, not not to say that they rack up a lot of yards. People rack up a lot of yards on them. Uh, you mean Woolen and um, I don't remember the other guy. Um, but, yeah. Uh, look, uh, um, I can't remember his name either. I, I, I wouldn't say the Seahawks defense is better than New Orleans, though. So, I would say because of the Saints defense being so top five-ish looking, I would say that I would give them the nod, even though – you know, Gino and those guys still look good, but man, they beat the Giants. I think before that. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about the whole defense. I'm just talking about just those two, just the, their cornerback duo. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's good, but like the front seven and the back end is pretty good in New Orleans. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So yep. that's why I would give them a nod, just 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 by a smidge. Uh, guys, that's pretty much all I have. There's there's preseason basketball going on, and um, I don't know if anybody got to see the sports calendar. Shit. 
Shed had his uh he came back. He's back. You know, he missed his rookie year last year. He's back and he, boy, what a way to come back. He had to be welcomed or introduced against Wimby. How do you say it again? Wimbyana? Yeah. Victor Wimbyana, the rookie, made his debut in the NBA in the preseason on uh Tuesday, on Monday night. And uh, they had some words a little bit. He flexed on him when he got an N1. He did headbutt shit. Holmgren, and he said that in a, uh, a tweet later on in the night that how cool it was for him to get that and one and flex on him out there a headbutt. Uh, he didn't think that he should have been going to the free throw line. I don't either. But I seen a little bit of it. You know, I didn't watch the game, but I did get to see a few clips of it. And, man, guys, I don't know what to think about Wimbiana. But from what I saw, and I've never seen him, how can you podcast, Jarvis, and you hadn't saw the number one prospect? I'm sorry. I hadn't. I didn't. But I got a glance at him. I don't know how good he's going to be, but the fact that he can move the way he can move at his size. I'm going to make a wrestling reference that I know Terrence would, you know, understand. Watching Wimby on the court with the rest of those players, it looks like the old WCW, WWE days with the Big Show versus Rey Mysterio. Like, that's a mismatch. That's, that's a giant. And that's Rey Mysterio. That's what it looked like when I was watching him. That's my era. That's your era? That's, you? my, that's my wrestling era, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, of course, yeah. You remember that. So this is, of course, Wimby is the Big Show or the giant. You know, th- that's, that's, that's what he looks like and everybody else kind of looks like Rey Mysterio on the court. He is huge. He looks like a giant. I mean, he's not big, but I mean, just his height and his length. Oh, my God. What's funny is like he doesn't look Cheddar real. Almost like the same player. Huh? What's funny is like him and Chet are almost like the same player. What What is Chet's height? That was a great matchup to watch, but what was his height? I don't think, what I don't is think Chet's quite as tall. I think Wimby's like 7'4". Chet might be like 7'1". Okay. Hey, so that's the closest he's going to get, really. He's, he's probably the closest to him. It just looked ridiculous besides him shit on the floor. Man, he looks like fucking giant. It's crazy. He doesn't look real. It doesn't look real. I'm man, it's it's just it's gonna take some time to get used to. That's all. I was as an FYI, also, uh Chet is actually eligible to win rookie of the year as well since he didn't play it all last year. Oh, that's great. So this is gonna be good between those two. Uh Terrence, what do you think about Wimby and shit? How do they do this season? And and if you got any takes from what happened with those two last yeah, night. I mean, uh, well, quickly about Chet, if, uh, if he's actually any good, uh, OKC is going to be a legitimate team in a way. Thanks. And they won that game, too, uh, against the Spurs on yeah, Monday night. We know, good, we know how good Shea is. Uh, and SGA. Wimby, look, uh, it remains to be seen. I think he's going to be great. I don't know how good that team is going to be. Uh, maybe another year or two before they are actually making any noise. Yeah. But uh, women, you know, it will be a highlight every night. I just hope he stays injury-free. We'll see. We will see. Um, well, guys, I don't really have anything else. I think that we pretty much covered most of the basics here with the Great Debate Show and what's going on. And what's, uh, if anybody cares, Darvin Ham, football player, Buffalo Bills, he said that he wants Anthony Davis shooting six threes per game. But ads, I know. But ads, I know he won't do it. I don't know. I don't know. Your thoughts? Nick is calling for a timeout. He said Darvin Ham for the Buffalo Bills. Were you trying to say Demar Hamlin? Not, 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 not. not Yeah, I'm thinking about Demar Hamlin. I'm sorry. You meant to say Lakers. I meant to say say Darvin Ham. Yeah, 
I meant to say Darvin Ham, the Lakers. I, I, you know what? I don't even know why I didn't uh, or couldn't think of his name, the head coach's name. Why am I thinking about Hamlin? I have no idea. But no. Yeah, I was, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Lakers head coach. And that makes more sense that their head coach would say that yeah, about AD. I was reading that like, why the hell would he give a damn about what AD does? Yeah, I mean, why the heck is Jamal Hamlin telling, the, telling Anthony Davis to shoot six threes a game? What the hell is that? <laughs> right, right, right. So, no, my apologies. Darvin Ham, he said that he hopes AD shoots six threes a game. I know he won't do it, but just wishful thinking. What the hell? He runs the offense. What is it? Uh, Let's go with, with Terrence. I know he's got something to say about these Lakers. Damn, don't snap about this one. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What you got to say, T? Go, go ahead. Have at it. <laughs> what I do have to say is I think he's trying to keep him healthy. And I think he feels like uh, uh. if he keeps him at the three-point line and has him shooting, that opens it up for LeBron and a lot of those guys to uh, get, get to the paint. rebounds. And he keeps uh, keep Anthony Davis from having to bang with so many uh, bigger centers that can Break his hip by touching him. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, that, hey, that's a good, that's good, T. Good stuff, and it's it's very, very, very. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's fitting that he would say that just a few days after I think AD said to somebody that he wants to play eighty-two games. He's going to try to play eighty-two games this year. That's a good way to try to do it, and it makes sense. I just don't want LeBron with the ball more. And I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not saying it like I'm a fan. But it looks good when the Lakers are, you know, letting LeBron play more off ball. I hope he's not dominating the ball like he used to just because AD is the next Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, now, AD did kind of live out there when he was a Pelican uh, sometimes. But we know his game was so versatile. I would like to see that, though. That would be some good. That would be some big things for the Lakers if they done it. I just, again, I don't know. I'm not going to get on it. They still probably overachieved last year, but I just wanted to just give those comments about AD. And uh, we've talked about the Bucks. Nothing else to talk about with uh, the Celtics and other teams right now. That's pretty much it for me. That's that's pretty much it for me, guys. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I missed everything that's been going on down there with those Texas. Uh, but, guys, that's all I got. Do y'all have anything else? It's been a great episode, uh, a long one. Get this show before I get out of our council. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It took me, it took me like 30 seconds that I went. Okay. Oh, Y'all are crazy. Yeah, I, I, I was I surprised he didn't go off on, on Darwin Ham trying to make Anthony Davis in the car Anthony Town. Uh, but no, it's a terrible. Life. The only reason that it makes sense is because that sounds like it's a LeBron influence, and that as, as we've seen over the years, absolutely, yeah, for sure. LeBron, LeBron gets a big man in and wants to turn him into a stretch four or stretch five, so that he has that lane unclogged, so that he can operate the way that he wants to. Uh, but I don't think that's actually what's best for the Lakers. Um, so if if uh, if Darwin Ham is, is looking to be successful as a team, then uh, that's something he should definitely fight against. If he's looking to have let LeBron continue to try to boost his uh, place in the record book, then, you know, by all means, like Anthony Davis shoots six threes a game and LeBron can dunk the ball as often as he likes for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Y'all have anything else? Did we miss anything? I know it was a lot of stuff uh, going on. No, we didn't miss anything. We didn't miss a thing. I'm out. Before get us canceled. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I still don't get the inside joke yet, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. We'll, we'll tell you about it. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Uh, guys, it's been a great one. Uh, this is a great debate show. Again, we're available wherever you get your podcast. Hit that follow button so you can be notified when a new episode is up. And also, if you're in the Mid-South area, that's Memphis, Tennessee, North Mississippi, Carrierville, Germantown. If you're anywhere in that area and you're looking for a great lunch, you're looking for a good meal, you, you want something. Hey, how about something that's balanced, healthy, a balanced, healthy meal like some grilled chicken or some turkey, you know, on a wrap or a salad or some chicken and shrimp. A shrimp salad, you can get lamb, you can get quesadillas, you can get all kind of shit off this Eat Green Urban Salad Food Truck with Chef Swagger. You got to check it out if you're in the Mid-South area or give them a call. It's 901-417-1492 or you can just hit them up at eaturbanoutlook.com and uh, get get your meal on, get your eating on. It is good food and it's good for you. Not a lot of things in life is good to you and good for you. Eat Green is. Give it a try if you're in the Memphis, Tennessee area. Guys, it's been a good one. Like I said again, I hope everybody enjoys the show. We got a full video coming at you. Um, For the people that didn't get to see it, follow us on social media. Facebook, Jarvis Jeffries. The Great Debate Show is also on. Uh, Facebook, Nick Ely, Terrence Smith. That's how you can find us. Also on X. The Great Debate Show slash Watch This Entertainment. TikTok as well. Watch This Entertainment. Hey, follow us. We got a lot of debates coming up the rest of this week. The trade stuff is going to get real hot and juicy. Teams are about to get more interesting and more competitive depending on where some of these receivers go. Even possibly a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Maybe even Russell, as Terrence was saying. It's going to get interesting. The NFL is very, very good and entertaining when it comes to things like this. And I can't wait to see who's going to get even better. Who's going to really put their foot on the gas and say, damn it, it's time. Now is the time. Let's go. Um, We'll see. The Jets done that before Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Who's going to do what the Jets did in the offseason to go all out before the trade deadline? We've got a few weeks to talk about it. We'll do that. Real quick, guys. Thursday night football. Titan, I mean, not Thursday Night Football. Yeah, Thursday Night Football. Uh, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I don't know why I was about to say the Titans and the uh, Ravens. That's Sunday morning in London. We can talk about that Saturday morning. We will be back Thursday on Saturday. Is the Broncos visiting the Chiefs. That's right. A bye week for the Chiefs. I didn't forget. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> brought that up for nothing. My bad, guys. We don't even have to discuss it. We'll be back after that on Saturday to talk about the Chiefs getting it. <laughs> Another win. What if the Broncos? Nah, no way. This is going to be the perfect game for them to say, all right, you're traded, you're traded, you're traded. That's the perfect team to play right before it's time to. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's there you go. Terrence, we may need to get that on the cut as soon as that happens. That Vince McMahon, you're fired. I know you can make it happen. Right. <laughs> uh, that'll be that'll be so great whenever that happens. Uh, what if it's still Sean Payton? That would be that would be very hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's it. We'll come back on Saturday to break down Week Six of the NFL and recap the bye week that the Chiefs will have on Thursday night. And Thursday night has been hideous. I mean, ugh. Whatever, if you got anything to do, you maybe can take care of it and get it done. No sense in watching that. But anyway, last Thursday was more fun than we expected. Last Thursday, it was more fun than we expected. Well, it was definitely surprising, but I mean, it wasn't fun to me. You know, I mean, I hate they the Bears really messed me up. So, 
yeah anyway uh but again yeah that's it we're done we will be back uh to get those picks and parlays listen to the picks and parlays if you are you know hey we hope that you get lucky we hope that you win but i'm telling you guys it never goes the way we say it I, I tell you this all the time i'm i'm not right all the time but i'm not wrong all the time either y'all gotta start Start listening and paying attention for real. That was some money, money, money. Just the Jags and the Steelers alone. Um, they find ways to do it, don't they? They're, they're number one right now in the AFC North. That probably won't be for long, but what if the Steelers go get Jerry Judy? Hmm. I wonder does Pickett become a better. Wonder do they become a better quarterback? I mean, a better team if they can get another target or maybe a lineman that would help them out. Because man, Najee Harris, he's starting to lose carries too to that other guy. He he's not what we thought he was going to be. I don't I don't want to speak That's too true. soon. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak too soon. But uh, the, the, Jets, the Jets will also be in the market for an offensive lineman. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker towards Achilles. Oh, sure did. So he's he's done for the year. Sure did. So they'll sure almost likely be in the market for for an offensive lineman as well. Oh, that's going to hurt the Jets right there. I forgot all about that. I was going to say that yeah. the Jets could give you all some problems because if they're going to, you know, like make this whole playoff run, which they're not going to make the postseason, they've got to win some games here down the stretch to make you think Aaron Rodgers is coming back, even though I, he's no, not that, coming back. Wilson's going to be running for his fucking life. It's, it's going to be terrible. No, you're right. Without that, it's, it's not a good line anyway, but without him, yeah, you're right. That's yeah, not going to be, be good. For his life. That's not going to be good. I, I I take back what I said. This, this is not going to be a problem at all for the Eagles then. Early, early part of parlay pick for you. Take C.D. Lamb over catches yards and touchdowns. Yep. And Eagles Eagles defense to score a touchdown. Those are some good picks. I like that. I, I, I was saying earlier in the show that C.D. will come back just like Jamar Chase did. Yep. That's a good one. All right, guys. That's it. We're out. We'll see you uh, on Saturday. We'll be live on Podbean. We're going to have our video up Somewhere around Saturday afternoon for everybody to see us again. It's the Great Debate Show. Go to the page on Facebook. And, um, yeah, holla back. Bang, bang, Niner game. Be safe out there, everybody. Get up.